Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They know the best fireworks are snakes and sparklers. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, Evan Francis. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with the CEO of Coigo, Evan Francis. Before we start talking to Evan, let's grab that crypto news from the Crypto Jet. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Crypto Guys News in a Flash with the Crypto Jet. DeFi market shaken by another attack with losses worth $450,000. Chromeway spearheads the property chain initiative in South America with LHC Chain, and South Korea is leveraging blockchain in the battle against diabetes. That's the Crypto Guys News in a Flash with the Crypto Jet. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, Crypto Jet. Well, this, this is going to be a fun one. This is round two. I feel bad because I haven't actually gone and played with Koigo like I actually wanted to. And right. so now I'm going to have to answer for that. But um, maybe maybe that will change after today. So uh, no <laughs> excuses. But I don't know. How about you? Did you have a chance to go out and mess with you? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a time. I, uh, you haven't yeah, touched no. anything I, except I just, for cabinets. Right. That's all I've been doing is Lots either in, installing kitchens or making cabinets or working in my shop. I've been going like a madman trying to get ready. I got three jobs to finish before camp or before Westwood 2020. So yeah, I'm yeah. all over it. I'm stoked for that. That's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome to get out with just a small group of close friends, but still some sort of like kind of get together you know, social distancing protocols will still be in place, but right. it'll be fun to kind of get together and have a campfire for the first time in about a year. So exactly, exactly. I'm stoked. I mean, you know, there's nothing that says we can't take temperatures when people get there, right? Everybody's going to be 150 when they show up. Yeah, They're going to be right? so fired it's, up for Westwood 2020. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be on fire. Like, okay, totally fired not on up. fire. You're not allowed to come in. I was just talking with, with Clint Westwood and I'm like, I think I'm probably going to go out there Sunday before and uh, <clears throat> Sunday will be my travel day. I'll bring all my tools and stuff. And then we're going to start building shit on Monday. So you got nice. four, four and a half days to get some stuff built and done and, Oh Damn yeah. It. And beer to drink. my castle when I show up. It shouldn't be too bad. See when you're <laughs> at camp Westwood, you only get one square a day. And you know, please, sir. Please, sir. Can I have some? Please, sir. Might I have some porridge? Uh, all right. We got plenty uh, of tomato plants out there, so no, totally. no food shortage. No, but tomato plants, you can just eat tomatoes all day forever. You don't oh, need anything for sure. else. Tomatoes and I don't know. The acid will work well with your stomach. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. No problem. You can make pizza with nothing on it but sauce. No big deal. Uh, right. All right. So. I'm kind of interested in learning a little bit on what Coigo has done since we last talked to them. Um, if if you recall, we met Evan in Los Angeles at CIS. We've had yep. one podcast with him, and uh, it's going to be fun to get some updates. So uh, why do you say we bring him in here? Let's do it. All righty. Evan, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, doing good. Good. Awesome. It's good to have you on again. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys mentioned you hadn't tried Coigo. If you need like a discount code or anything, just hit me up. I can give you guys like free access if you want to play around with it, by the way. Oh, that'd be sweet. I've oh, just yeah, been lazy, be cool. but I'm not going to bitch about discount codes or free access. <laughs> I mean, I'd be stupid to say no to that. You right? can. Anyone can get a free trial. Um, but in case like one of you guys might have used that up during a last interview or something, just hit me up and we'll give you a apply discount to you. Sweet. Sweet. Perfect. 
Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So maybe just in case somebody hasn't heard your previous interview, do you want to give just a real short overview of what Quego does and then uh, kind of talk to us about what you guys have done since we last talked? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so we, a lot has changed since last time. Um, and we've gone through a little bit of rebranding and stuff, but pretty much we Quego at a high level, we offer a suite of tools for digital asset traders. Um, we have a focus really on day trading and arbitrage, um, particularly arbitrage is like a really big thing for us. Um, but pretty much we have a couple products. We have Coigo Terminal, which is our flagship uh, software product. You, you download it. It's for, you know, Windows, Mac, Linux. Um, and it's pretty much a trading terminal with a focus on real-time insights and arbitrage. So what you can do is you use this one app and you can, you know, look at real-time in data insights and stuff across every single exchange, real-time charts with indicators, um, arbitrage scanning across um, every supported exchange, which I think we're up to like 13 exchanges or something now. Oh, sweet. Um, and pretty much if, if you want to add your accounts, you can add your exchange accounts using API keys. So you can add your Binance account, your Coinbase Pro account, um, you know, whatever exchange accounts you have. And then you can like track your portfolio, submit trades. Um, it's really just like, if you're a trader, a day trader, an arbitrage trader, it's kind of just everything you need for your daily workflow. Um, but also if you don't want to connect your exchanges, that's totally cool too. Um, you can just use it for real-time insights and stuff like that. Um, and when you do connect your exchange accounts, your API keys are only stored encrypting your own hard drive. That's a big thing for us. We, our servers never have access to your accounts or anything like that. It's totally only on your machine. Um, and then the other thing we have is like a mobile companion application um, called Quigo Mobile, which is just accessible via a web browser. Um, and if you, you've hooked up your exchanges through Quigo Terminal, Quigo Mobile lets you like track your portfolio on the go so you can see where your balances are. Um, and it has a couple of data tools. Um, we have like a, we call it a, a trader focused alternative to CoinMarketCap, just like an app for checking up on your daily pr prices, but with a lot of really powerful filtering and searching, searching for things like say, you know, coins that have a high 24 hour volume and are down 3% in the day or, or are nearing their all time high, you know, a bunch of different searching options there. Um, so those are two, two big main products, Kogo terminal on the desktop and then Kogo mobile for kind of on the go and checking up on data. So what do you feel like sets you apart from um, any other similar projects? Yeah. Um, so one big thing is the fact that we don't store your API keys on our servers. Um, I know a lot of crypto people are very, security and privacy conscious. Um, mm -hmm. And we totally respect that and think that's the right move. Um, so while you, you know, we still do work with centralized exchanges. So you do have to trust some exchanges with your data. But the idea is when you're using Coigo, you know, you're not giving some other third party access to your accounts. It's every, every trade is being submitted from your computer. All your API keys are only stored in your computer. Um, and then the other big thing that sets us apart, um, which is a big difference, a new development since our last um, podcast interview is our arbitrage offering. Um, so we kind of released this thing branded as, you know, Coco Terminals Arbitrage 2.0. Um, and it really is one of the, the best solutions for arbitrage traders in the industry right now. Cool. I can't wait to check it out. I, I, I got to find the time. I just can't wait to check it out, though. Yeah, I mean, now's the time. We're all stuck at home, right? <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, I'm, I'm like feeling the trading itch coming on. And I've been trying not to. I've been trying so hard not to. But like, it's I mean, now's the time. Almost. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the whole whether you're trading stocks or crypto, now's the time, right? There's, I mean, just, there's so many micro movements in the market that mm -hmm. you know it, you could capitalize so nicely on on these this sideways movement that's been happening lately. Um, yeah, you know, especially like with Bitcoin and and uh, Ethereum too. You know, these these a lot of these different tokens and coins are moving, you know, five percent 
over the course of a week and you know five ten percent on your money is not bad in a week's time so <laughs> no, dude, totally all. yeah totally dude if really i could make five percent a week i would shit bricks right yeah. <laughs> that would be perfect we've um we've definitely it's the kind of the way i like to explain it is like you know if, if you're trading if you're day trading like when the markets are moving a lot um totally just go figure out your trading strategy um but right. i'm a big proponent of arbitrage particularly when the markets aren't moving because even when the price is totally flat arbitrage opportunities still exist every day uh, i know a lot of people think like they don't exist anymore or like it's really hard to do um but that's totally false there's a bit narrower margin sometimes than they used totally, to be but that's it yes right. they're smaller and they might only exist a couple seconds but if you got the right tooling to find them and act on them, 100% arbitrage is a great tool to have. Because even if the prices are flat, they're still moving just tiny bits up and down. And you know, arbitrage tries to pop up just enough to make a quick profit. So it's, it's a good tool to have when the market isn't really moving a lot. Now, you know, when it comes to like, say, fee structure with that stuff, um, how does that work? Because I know sometimes those micro trades, those little things, the fees, by the time you pay the fees, you're, you're not really making that much. Yeah. So what we do is we let you filter out. Um, it's hard to know what everyone's trading fees are because different people have different, like sometimes, you know, once you've traded a hundred grand in a month or something, your fees go down or once you, you know, you hit different account levels. Right. Um, so what we do is we just let people enter in. We have this real time arbitrage scanner in Coco terminal that will, you can pick up a trade pair and it'll let you scan, I think up to five um, exchanges at a time. And you can filter and say, only show me spreads where it's the the price difference is greater than say 0.2 percent okay. um, you know that way if you're paying a, a 0.1 percent fee or something you can account for that and say okay it has to be more than the fees pretty much because um, sure, you're, you're, sure. you're totally right um and then we we focus on the type of arbitrage that does not rely on transferring between exchanges a lot of people think arbitrage is buy on one exchange transfer to another and sell it um that is totally not feasible transfer fees are very expensive and they're slow um, so we do it, we, we are proponents of the arbitrage where you already hold balances on both exchanges and there's no transfer fees. So the only fees you have to worry about is the trading. Um, huh. so, okay. so as, as long as you filter out and say, only show me spreads, say half a percent or higher, um, then you should be good. Sweet. So, uh, this is, this question is not necessarily from a Koigo's perspective, but more of a personal level. Have you done any trading recently? Just curious if there's any tokens out there that's catching your eye right now. There's a lot of new developments in the space. Yeah, you know, really nothing has caught my eye as like very exciting, but I also think like, I feel like after having, you know, I've been trading crypto since like 2010 uh, off and on. And like, I've grown more and more pessimistic about anything that isn't really the top three because they just come and go, <laughs> you know? Um, right. So I, I don't know. I feel like when I see new projects these days, I kind of have a bias. And I just think like, are you going to be around in a couple of years? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I've kind of lost a lot of interest in like, searching for the new new big coins the new gems right yeah yeah there, there's a lot of come and go it's so hard to filter anymore like i mean you can read white paper after white paper after white paper and still have no idea what the hell you're buying into yeah and i mean a lot of them in reality their whole point of existence is for someone to trade it and make money and then they don't care if it exists right now yep. right so exactly. i mostly trade the big top three top five um and then like i said i've been doing a lot of arbitrage trading which is really I don't care what I'm trading as long as there's a spread. I don't, whatever. So I'll trade random little coins here and there. Right. Okay. So let's talk use cases then and, and not even recent stuff, just in general, other than cryptocurrencies, what kind of use cases of blockchain as a technology do you find interesting? 
Oh man, that's a tough question. I, I do feel like nine out of 10 times I see the word blockchain. It's just totally pointless, <laughs> right? A lot of times it's, yeah, you could have used a SQL database and been better off. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think like in general, the use cases are things where, you know, one central company or something can't be validating it, like things that require uh, decentralized trust, right? And you don't want to rely on one single person. Um, so like I'm, I'm super interested in the whole supply chain industry. There's VeChain and a couple others. Um, I think if done right, that can be a really awesome use case of blockchain. But I'm also still not totally sold in the fact that just like some government run entity with like an Oracle database would be better than that, to be honest. Um, Sometimes there's a, there's a pretty strong argument to not use blockchain. So yeah, totally. I mean, just slow and expensive, right? Yeah. It totally um, depends on your use case. You've got to have a real need for that type of data structure. Yeah. One thing I'm super interested in right now is um, like the, the idea of using Ethereum or something like that as like a second layer scaling solution for Bitcoin. Um, I know that's not really like an exciting new use case of, of blockchain, but I do think that is like fascinating where, you know, Bitcoin layer one is just never going to be fast enough. And people are talking about Lightning Network and stuff like that. Um, but now we have like wrapped Bitcoin and things like that, which is right. like an Ethereum token pegged to Bitcoin. Um, I honestly think that's one of the most compelling use cases of, of blockchain right now. Yeah. And, and I also saw somebody talking about, I didn't really read deep into the process. It was a Reddit thread, I think, about possibly implementing payment channels on Ethereum as a second layer for Bitcoin. So kind of like the Lightning Network, but use, it, use that as payment channels for Bitcoin, which is kind of, it's a really strange concept and I'm having a hard time kind of feeling how it would work. but it seems like it'd be interesting to explore at least. Yeah, totally. And then also, so I do have one other thing that like this use case of blockchain, some people have talked about it. It's been played around with a little bit for a while, but I've never really heard of full implementation of it. Maybe it exists. Um, but I really like the idea of like digital scarcity or like enforced scarcity of digital art. Um, like, you know, there's a concept of like, what if you could use a blockchain to like, prove that this copy this like digital art that i have is like the original right because like a lot right. of times digital art doesn't have a lot of value it can just be copy pasted saved and reprinted yep. um but like imagine if you could say i can verifiably say with this transaction of the blockchain that like i am the original owner of like the very first or the one of 10 made of this digital art piece um i think that's like a really cool idea and something that you actually solves a problem with digital art which is just that like why would you pay for it if you can just download it right yeah, I love a lot of what the NFT projects are doing. There's, uh, I mean, a lot of the, like super rare, rareable, um, open sea. I mean, there's a lot of those uh, places, marketplaces out there for the art. Um, there's also like Poet. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, Poe is the ticker. I don't know if they're still doing anything, but them and several competitors are working on doing similar things for writing and other types of creative works. So the concept is basically you just stamp a hash of the data to the blockchain, and that's proof that it's existed at some point, and at least at that point in time, you stamped it to the blockchain. So it doesn't necessarily prove that somebody else didn't create it first and just hasn't stamped it to the blockchain, but you can at least verify that it did exist at that point in time and that you had possession of it. So um, it's, there's a lot of kinks to work out, but I think you're right, there's a lot of promise in it. And uh, the same thing, the same concept applies to like vehicle titling and stuff like that. So you just extrapolate it a little bit further outside of art and it really opens up a lot of doors. Yeah, totally. And then I know, I know you said no finance or whatever, but I mean, how can we not talk about DeFi? That's like the big thing in crypto yeah, right now. It really is. That's, and that's why I said no, because everybody says DeFi, but it's, yeah. it's not, they're not wrong though, because it's huge right now. It's, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's so cool as an idea. But then I really look at it and I'm like, this is not serving the use case it's meant to serve. It's just a bunch of traders playing around with each other. <laughs> you know, like yeah, right these now, loans, sure is. Pe- people are taking loans and they're just using them to just trade more things yeah, and buy this, more this leverage. They're taking it's loans. basically BitMEX clusterfuck. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like I, if I can get a loan with APR 2%, I'll take that out and then loan it out to someone for 4% interest. Like, you know, it's all just play. It's yep. So I love the idea, but it does seem like it's like, just getting to come tumbling down when somebody realizes that it's all just like fake money, you know, right. there's going to be the certain types of projects in DeFi that really make it huge. And I think anybody who can come up with like a real time, uh, you know, we talked, I don't know if it was, I think we talked about it uh, when you were on the show, but maybe it was somebody else, but uh, real time payments and that kind of stuff, like for salaries and whatnot, but um, the concept of that for loans. So you have your business, and automatically your credit line expands itself based on your sales. And it just all happens through a smart contract and you have just real time payouts. It can automatically unlock and pay bills and that kind of stuff. So there's, there's huge potential when you combine that type, like real time DeFi loans and stuff with artificial intelligence and other things that can really analyze your, your company and see what your loans need to be. And it just, it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, almost like a, I mean, I feel like we'll reach that at some point where we'll have some like decentralized version of like a FICO score. Right? I mean, that's right. kind of what you're explaining, right? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of just thinking directly like, so I'm a business and I'm going to start selling something. I need a loan based on my business size of like $10,000, right? So you start out at $10,000, but it's all linked up automatically on a smart contract. So your business starts growing. You start selling more and more. That smart contract sees that you're having increased sales and it increases your loan amount. And it just kind of goes like that, just like a normal business, but it's automatic and you don't have to go in and sit with the banker and say, Hey, we've, we've made this much more money this year. Can you please up our credit line and blah, blah, blah. It just happens automatically and your, your bank account grows along with it. So it's kind of a, a deep level thing, but it's really not all that complicated when you think about it, you know? So, yeah. Well, unfortunately all the decentralized loans right now are being used just for margin. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty that's, much. that's all it is but, right now. Like you say, this just, they, they take it out and they go to BitMEX and they leverage it at hundred X and hope for the yeah. best. But I like the idea. I just, you know, with all crypto, it's like the ideas are awesome, but until people start using them, right. for like the it's long term for least, sure. Yeah. And this is going to be a thing where there's going to be a lot of competitors and there's going to be a shitload of failures, you know, yeah. just like with banks. I mean, how many people, how many banks have tried to come up over the years, you know? And yeah, but it's scary. Like, if you're a startup, you can't just create a loan platform. You need to be registered as a money service business in all 50 states. Oh, yeah. People are going like, fucked, like, left and right. This is, somebody but, was talking about this being, like, the next ICO wave, and it pretty much dude, is. Dude, this is, like, going to be, I, I'm telling it's going to be, like, the 2008 crisis. Like, all these people are valuing these things, and they're not really worth a lot. Um, and, you know, it's like, I, anyone can write a smart contract and then just create a loan platform. Like yeah, and, that's a legal people, nightmare. Like yeah. compliance and regulations exist to protect the consumer and you're just avoiding all of that. The smart contract, you know, and you can interact with a smart contract without ever even seeing it's full code. So like you're going to have all these quote unquote loan sharks or scammers and they're going to get people sucked into smart contracts that they don't even fucking know what they're doing and they're just going to get screwed and hosed. So it's going to be a, a bloody battlefield for a while. Yeah, pretty, that's pretty much, I'm not putting any of my money in them, but I'm happy to watch and see what happens because it's exciting. Yeah. Mitch, what do you think about DeFi? I'm still learning, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're absorbing. Just, I'm absorbing, yeah. I, I, I've just, ever since DeFi came around, I, I've been more of a sponge. 
um, in, in just absorbing content that, you know, we've talked to people about, I haven't, I haven't, you know, just because of time constraints, I haven't uh, delved into much when it comes to like research wise. So I, my comments are limited on a lot of that stuff just because I'm learning, you know, um, no excuses. So sorry. Hey, hey, whatever. And <laughs> no, over- no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, and good advice. I mean, like we always tell people to do their own research. And so it's, it's important that we, uh, actually answer things honestly like that and not be like, yeah, um, well, I know everything about deep. Well, so. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't give a shit what anybody says. If you don't understand something or you don't know something, don't be ashamed of that. No, you'll never learn it. If you act like, you know what the fuck it is. Exactly. Or you'll just look like a total idiot, which I've done plenty of times in my life. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> Been so, there, done that. Don't need to feel it. Right? Anymore. Yeah. No. So, you know, I try to I try to keep my comments on things to where I'm comfortable commenting. Um, and DeFi is just not one of them yet. That's a very wise uh, – it's, it's a way to, for people to think you always know what you're talking about. So when you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. Right. Because when you, <laughs> when you, try, to, when you try to speak – on something that you're unfamiliar with or that you don't know, then the people that do know are going, this guy doesn't know shit. What the hell's he saying? And then you look like a total <laughs> moron. So why bother? <laughs> right. I'd rather say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so Evan, when, you know, since we're on the currency thing, um, do you spend your crypto at all? I really don't. Okay. Um, I, it's a hundred percent because of taxes until the U S changes how they handle crypto. It, there's very little incentive to spend it. Unfortunately I do. I mean, I love the idea of like using crypto as an actual currency, like die in particular is so cool to me. The concept of a decentralized stable coin backed by crypto collateral, hundred percent decentralized that like I would spend that as a daily money if it was accepted at more places. I think that's awesome. Um, but you know, I, so a lot of my Bitcoin that I mined or bought way back in the day, um, so my cost basis on those might only be 500 bucks or a thousand bucks for Bitcoin or something. Right. Right. Um, so when I spend $10 worth of Bitcoin to go buy a book or something like that, the taxes I pay are way more than just the sales tax I'll be paying because I'm paying, you know, I have this cost basis that's super old. So now mm-hmm. I essentially just realized the profit um, when I did that. Yeah. So, the fact that they're treating it as capital gains just blows my mind. Yeah. It just sucks. It's, yeah. I wish like, I get why they do it, but I wish there could be a threshold of like transactions under X amount was not considered. Capital well, I thought they were considering that. I don't know that they've done it, but I know that that was supposed to be on the table um, as far as for consideration to say that any, any purchase under like $200 was exempt from it. Yeah. That'd be nice. But it also, yeah, it kind of is almost worse because then it almost sort of solidifies a permanent solution at that point. And then now you have a situation where if you want to go buy a car or a house or something with Bitcoin, now you're paying a fucking 25% capital gains tax on top of that. So it doesn't, there's no point at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause you talk about the, the beautiful thing about crypto is that you can send a million dollars to Australia for 50 cents or whatever. So when, as soon as you screw yourself with taxes, then what do you do? So I think the push should be towards, it should be treated as a currency. There should, if- well, that's where I was going to say it is a currency. So if we use it as a currency, how can it be taxed as a capital gains asset? If it's a currency for fuck's sake, you don't pay taxes yeah. on the American dollar when it goes up in fricking value. 
Well, no. it hasn't in quite a long time. It's come down, and you don't see you don't see benefit from the downside either. You don't. It's not like no. they say, "Oh, well, your dollar's only worth fifty cents." So we're going to claim that as a loss, right? You can yeah. claim that as a loss. Yeah, bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. But, you know. So here's how I see this playing out. Like, I think once we see a clear ruling slash legislation on how securities are determined on the blockchain. You know, if, if we can set up like these tokens are classified as securities, they need to register as a security with the SEC, et cetera, right? Then at that point, it makes more sense to say, okay, if it's not a security, then there's these other classes like utility token and currency. Right. And then now that there's clear definitions on what is a currency in the crypto space and what is not, then we can go ahead and classify Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency classified cryptos as currency as such. Right. I agree. Yeah, you know, I I get where lawmakers are coming from. Uh, I mean, on one hand, I I hate the current situation of taxes, but on the other hand, like, if you really look at how crypto is used today, it's treated way more as a security than a currency. How many people are spending it? Yeah, it's it's literally being used as a security, right? Yeah. So, so like, I totally get it, but it's hard because they're just trying to fit it into existing paradigms. And crypto is just so different. It really needs its own new set of laws. You know, sometimes it's a security. Sometimes it's a currency. And how do you treat it like that? But I mean, that's where the yeah. argument would be. If you, let's say you had to, let, let's just say you had to fight it, right? Let's say you're fighting the fact that you, you bought shit with crypto, with Bitcoin, or you bought shit with Litecoin, right? So now you're, you're sitting in front of a panel of people explaining how that purchase was a purchase using money, not using a volatile asset. And, you know, it, it just seems like it would be so worth the fight at the time when you have to do something like that. It's because it, it, if we don't, if we never start using it as such, then it can never really be as such. Yeah. If that makes sense. I spend sense. my crypto all the time. I was just bitching on Twitter yesterday because Cash App took like six hours to process my, and I had like, yeah freaking 12 confirmations and it's cash apps uh, servers just were not seeing it to actually process it on, on the USD side. But I just, I just something I love about spending it, even if it costs me more money than it should. And I'm going through extra work to now buy more Bitcoin and then right. turn around and pay another fee to sell it and use it, you know, whatever. I just, I like doing it. It's kind of become part of the thing I do. And Hopefully that's not a mistake, but I think it's, I think it's well worth it to, like you say, just start using it like it is so that people actually start seeing it for that. I don't think it is a mistake, honestly. I, I think that this is what it was designed for. So we should use it as such. If it goes up and down in values, then so what? Yep. Right. But we're using, we need to use it for what it was intended to be used for. It was not called cryptocurrency because it was something else. Yeah, that, you know, that's kind of like what I was saying earlier. Like, that's why I really love the idea of like decentralized stable coins. Because um, like I totally, even apart from the taxes, like I get why people don't want to spend the crypto. Like by design, the price goes up, right? And so it incentivizes you to hold it and not spend it. You're actually losing out on potential profits if you're spending it. And that's at a very core design of cryptocurrencies, really. Um, so like I, it, I love the idea of this world where everyone spends crypto but in the current state, it just doesn't seem feasible to me. But that's why I'm really excited about this idea of stable coins, like, like DAI, or there's a couple others, but you know, DAI is the big one. Um, but you know, it's, it's just a stable coin, it's always pegged to a dollar, but it's not issued by any bank, it doesn't have a bank account, it's totally backed by decentralized smart contracts of cryptocurrency collateral deposits, right? Um, I mean, as a trader, I, it's, I'm not excited by that because you can't make money off of it, right? 
Um, but like as someone who wants to use crypto, I think that's super exciting because if I knew my value wasn't going to go up or down, I'd be much more likely to start spending it because why wouldn't I at that point, right? Exactly. All right. So if you can have any pizza that you can imagine right now, what would it be? Ooh. Think outside the box. Okay. Outside the box. I'm a very traditional pizza guy. Yeah. Um, I like pepperoni. A- I like a good Sicilian, like real Italian pizza with just yeah. a little bit of mozzarella, some sweet tomato sauce. Um, That's pretty maybe good. Maybe a little, little, you know, s- sausage or something. But if we're going crazy, man, I don't know. I uh, I once had a, a pizza with peanut butter on it that was like pretty crazy good. Crazy. Actually. Just yeah. just peanut butter or like what else was on it? Um, no, there was like red sauce and stuff too. Um, oh, but shit. they had like mixed. <laughs> oh, it was like super good. Crazy. Um, I mean, I guess. Or, I mean, it's kind of. Tomato sauce is technically sort of like jelly in a way. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> you ever you ever been to? Doesn't sound excited about that. It's uh, what is it? I think California Pizza Kitchen has that like Thai chicken peanut pizza. I think the sauce is just like. Oh yeah, I had one of their, sauce. One of their frozen ones of that. It was pretty good. It's it's pretty good. It's not a pizza in any right, really, but no, it's like pretty but, pretty damn good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not for a frozen pizza. It wasn't too bad at all. Yeah, it's got yeah, like. It's got like bean sprouts and chicken and like peanut sauce. Like yeah. that's not pizza, but it was good. I like the Hawaiian with the with the pineapple and the ham and mm. oh yeah, garlic crust and oh shit. Yeah, my favorite when I was a kid was when we would get Domino's deep dish. It, back when they would put a little too much cheese on it, so it would get the like crusties around the edges yes. and get that with the the Canadian bacon and pineapple. Mm, that's good shit. Mm. I, think- I miss that. I haven't had that in a long time. The best place I've ever had pie was in um, was in Chicago. When it comes to pizza, their Chicago deep dish, ugh, it's off the hook. I can't wait. I got to try that someday. Oh, I have yeah. a feeling that's going to be coming up uh, in a few weeks maybe. <laughs> right? It's just so heavy. Chicago, like one one slice of pizza is like a day's worth of food with a deep dish. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's all you need. One slice. That's it. I'll take three. Wash it down with two beers and See you're you good for Tuesday. the night. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> good night. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. So let me ask you, when it comes to actual currencies, what's your favorite one and why? As far as like crypto? Yeah. When it comes to cryptocurrencies, like, I, I mean, everybody says Bitcoin for the most part, but other than, uh, let me say other than Bitcoin, if you had to choose another currency yeah i mean i think bitcoin is arguably not a currency and i'm someone who's been into bitcoin since 2010 i'm a huge fan of it i think it's like the coolest thing to be invented in the last 100 years but i really don't think bitcoin is a currency it's a horrible currency right by def- by design your transaction takes 10 minutes right there's just there's no way that's ever going to be feasible right even like 10 years ago on the forum satoshi was talking about layer two solutions to scaling and, and how if you go to google google the like Satoshi Bitcoin vending machine problem. This is like a classic problem where Satoshi himself said like for a vending machine, regular Bitcoin isn't going to work. You're going to need something else. Um, but as far as actual currencies, I love the whole instant fee list, like whether it's a DAG approach or something else like Nano, I, th- I think is really cool. Um, I was a little skeptical, like a, a couple a little over a year ago with Nano, but they've really fixed a lot of the issues that I had with it. Um, and I think it really, it's, not really, you don't read about it a lot anymore. It's not really exciting or sexy anymore. Um, but I think nano is just a super cool idea. Um, I mean, no fees and instant. That's like the dream, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so really, I think Nano, and then the one I mentioned before, Dai, um, which is like a, an Ethereum token that's just a, a decentralized stable coin, are probably the two like coins that when I think of a usable currency, those are the ones I think like, okay, those people could actually spend those. I really like to see a stable coin built on like the technology that Nano is built on. Um, like imagine a stable coin that has zero fees and under two second transactions, um, but is always has a, a fixed stable value for your purchasing power. Um, that would be like the ideal currency to me, I think. It would be, it would be. So what do you feel about how uh, governments are reacting to cryptocurrencies? And by that specifically, I'm referring to how they're going to actually start implementing themselves. Do you, Feel like that's coming soon? Do you feel like they're going to possibly adopt an existing one, or or definitely make their own? Okay, there's no way they're going to adopt an existing one. Let's just knock that yeah, off. Right? <laughs> there's just it's, why would they? It's really right? almost a dumb question, but I, I, I get different answers every time. So, so I mean, I the digital dollar is a natural progression and will come from federally backed um, agencies in every country. That's just happening, right? There's no way it doesn't happen. Um, but like we, we've heard about the E1, which is like the big one with China um, and a couple of the countries have been talking about it and even like played around with it. But I'm not sold on the fact that the, the, them using blockchain is the right idea or that they're even using blockchain um, for like these ideas, like a digital dollar totally should exist, will exist, will be issued by government. If it's going to be run on our bot blockchain, it's going to be some weird monstrosity of a blockchain that I just don't think is going to be really what you expect it to be because almost all blockchains today just can't handle the scale that you need for a government issued currency. You know, like think of how many transactions does Visa confirm a day? I don't know the number, but I know it's some astounding. It's got to be huge. Yeah. Um, so, and it has to handle that. Right. So, yeah, and there's, there's no way it would ever be, you know, decentralized, so to speak enough to be secure in, in the way that a blockchain was designed to be secure. Why would it be decentralized, right? Like, right. What, yeah, what do they, exactly what do they have know. to gain? They and, need and to they be- They might as well just have a damn database, right? So yeah. it's like, but I feel like they're going to at least try it. And I'm just, I always try to think about what their twist on it might be to make it worth it. And I was wondering if you I have mean, any ideas on that. I like the idea of like, if, if they were using, cause the whole like, point of like say Bitcoin mining, it's like a way to incentivize outside parties to help secure the network, right? Instead of having some company that says we're gonna secure the network, we'll say if you wanna donate your computer to help secure the network, we'll reward you with some money for that. Um, so I do like the idea of creating this kind of like free market where like say a government issues their own coin on a blockchain, but then like anyone can become a miner and get paid to help secure the network instead of just having like the Federal Reserve or whatever, like maintain it, right? Right, so what if they roll that into a UBI concept? And so basically, you're, you're, everyone's entitled to UBI so long as you provide whatever computing power you have or, or a certain level of computing power in exchange for your UBI payment as a mining reward. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like super interesting things that can be played around with, with that idea. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't know. Why would they use blockchain, right? They need yeah. to be able to censor transactions. They need to be able to I personally identify a wallet to a person. Um, and you know, if a government knows that you're a terrorist, they're not going to let you move money around. That's like the whole point of KYC and AML, right? Yeah. You um, could, however, implement that on, um, smart contracts. You know, you could use uh, proxy contracts and still could. have some sort of an editable situation there. 
But, but like at the end, at the end of the day, though, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, there's a government employee sitting behind a desk <laughs> modifying that list. Right. Exactly. So. It doesn't make any fucking difference if he's just sitting there writing it down on a pen and paper yeah. and crossing it out and changing it later. So yeah. like the whole point of a decentralized currency is removing a central authority and a central point of trust. And that is the exact opposite of what's in the interest of governments when they create a currency. I'm getting excited to see which way this will go. It's going to be weird. I think it's going to be exciting. I'm stoked to watch. We're in weird times. And it's, <laughs> I mean, technically we do have one government backed cryptocurrency already. It's the, the, the petrol, right. From Venezuela. The, the Petra. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Google it yourself. You, it's been a disaster. Yeah. It's not been a good ride. It's not <laughs> but I don't think ride. blockchain was the problem there. I think it's just Venezuela. Well, it was, yeah. It was just the fact that a government created a totally centralized scam. <laughs> currency. Yeah. You know I mean? Pegged to oil that. reserves. Right. It's interesting. Yeah, what a joke. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, study, to say the least. They're still doing it. I mean, yeah. they're still, you can, I think you can still pay for some government services or some require you to pay for some government services in petrol. Yeah, it's crazy. So let me ask you, has this whole COVID thing since it began back in March, how has this affected you or the business? Are there any positives that have come from it? Uh, as a business, we're really not affected, to be honest. Um, we're a decentralized team. We all just work from home. Uh, so it, really unaffected. Um, if anything, it's just, it's been good for us because a lot of people are just home and bored and trading. So there's just <laughs> right. more custom, potential customers for us because everyone wants to learn how to trade because they're bored. Um, personally, it, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's been nice spending time at home, like with my girlfriend, right? Like, like we would have never gotten. Um, we just got a puppy, so it's like been awesome. We can just spend all day with the puppy training him and stuff. So that's like been great. I think a lot of people have, you know, kind of appreciated like the break from real life that they got. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I live in San Diego. The whole city's been shut down. They started reopening. Now they're shutting down again, um, and it's just been super stressful. You know, I had to cancel trips with family and. So, I mean, the, when I don't think about what's going on in the outside world, I'm kind of enjoying myself because I'm just like bunkered in my apartment with my girlfriend, you know? Right. Um, but it's hard to not be stressed about everything that's going on. Oh, it is. It, it's hard, you know, it's hard not to bombard yourself with all the news and all the bullshit that's out there. There's just so much going on. I mean, you're in San Diego, you said. So yeah. how, how has, the, has the riots affected you at all? Um, there really, there have been a lot of protests. There haven't really been riots. Um, from what I know of, there was one, um, and it was pretty small. Um, but for the most part, there have been overwhelmingly peaceful and positive protests here, actually, which has been pretty inspiring to see because I know a lot of cities have been, gotten pretty violent. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, it's good but, to hear. Yeah, I mean, San Diego has a very chill vibe. People here are usually pretty relaxed. Um, sure. But, but, I mean, it has been just crazy. Like, just the regulations are changing, like, every day. Like, every morning I check and see, okay, what are the rules today? Um, oh, jeez. Just because, like, you know, one day, you know, you can only get takeout food. The next day you can go sit in, but you have to wear a mask. And you have to be, you know, tables have to be spaced apart. And the next day, oh, they're shutting breweries down again, right? Um, or then today parks are open. Today's parks aren't open. Um, so it's like, it's just, I'm trying to follow the rules, right? But right. like they keep just changing their mind and they want to open up and then a bunch of people will die and they're like, oh, maybe that's a bad idea. And then they it. <laughs> maybe like, we should have done a mess, that. isn't it? Man. It's, it's just, it's just, and how do you just, how do you know ever if we did the right thing or not? You know, I mean, I guess you can speculate, but it still could have been better or worse 
regardless yeah, of where I, it ends up. And it's hard to say what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, totally. I know people compare us to other countries and say, you know, well, they did this, we didn't do that. And it's like, but we're essentially 50 countries right. all in one. Yep. And, and it's just so different and we're so big and we have so many people. Um, I don't, I think it's easy to say the administration and, and the, our local officials haven't done the right thing. Of course. Um, but like, I don't know what the right thing is. I might've made it worse. Right. So like, I don't know. All I know is it sucks out there and I feel bad for all the people who are suffering and like, right. Clearly what's going on is not the right move, but who knows what the right move is. And that's just it. I don't care who was in office. I don't care what administration was in office. We'd be going through this at one level or another regardless. So yeah, to, to sit there and say, you know, this or that it just isn't, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right to me at this point. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the fix. Let's focus on solutions and the positivity that we can pull out of it. Really? I mean, I feel like the, I don't know. It, to me, it's, I, I get less upset at like the, how the government is handling. Like, I think in general, they're doing pretty good. Um, but like, it's the individual people that are really <laughs> yeah. making everything bad, right? I mean, you can make all these guidelines, but let's be real. They're not really being enforced anywhere in the they're U.S. They're being followed by so many. They're not, totally. But you don't get in trouble for not following it, right? right. Um, so, like, that's been the most disheartening thing is just going out and seeing all these people being totally disrespectful of the rules. And it's like, you know, on one, one hand, like, I get it. Like, you want to go back to normal life. But on the other hand, like, I have a father who survived cancer and is on any rejection meds for the rest of his life. If he's completely immunocompromised, he can't even leave his house. And if he were to get it, he would 100% die. Right. And so it's like, I get that you want to have fun. And I do too. But then I think of people like my dad and he's like, he can't even buy groceries. He's so scared. He had to quit yeah. his job. He had to retire early. It doesn't hurt you that much to put a mask on, right? Yeah, like, totally. It's not a big deal. It's okay, man. You'll nobody's violating your rights, and unless they tell you that you can't wear it like out in the open air and all that shit, then like we're just trying. Like, there's certain things that you can do. You have to do to like little sacrifices you have to make as a whole to try to make things better for people, especially as we move forward into weird stages that the Earth has never experienced before. Like, this is all new. There's so many people right now, you know. It, it, everybody's living in these crazy civilized things. We're making all sorts of chemicals and pumping them into the air the world is a weird different place and it's gonna, we're going to have to evolve with it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I think this has changed like our society permanently hundred yeah. percent. I think it's going to be interesting to so see where it goes ways. from here. Cause like we've had pandemics, but this is the first real like modern crazy. Yeah, like a big pandemic. one. Yeah. You know, like we, you know, people would walk around and see like, you know, you go to a grocery store and you'd see some, you know, Chinese mom with a mask and you think that's crazy to wear it. And now, but pre COVID, and now I feel like everyone's just going to keep wearing masks all the time. And I'm, now I'm like, that lady I'm, had some I'm wisdom. Gonna, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> you know? I'm like, what the hell? You don't need to look at me. I'm good. All right. So we can collectively agree that 2020 sucks. Just sucks. <laughs> what if we could go back 10 years? So I want to think back to 10 years ago. I was working at the school district and then decided to just randomly up and move to another town to go back to school. And Evan, you were sitting in the back of an Oldsmobile Cutlass rapping, I love the way you lie, like a madman. And I Dude, you found that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was exactly 10 years ago today. I love how you found that. How did yeah, you find we that? We have a good research department. She's pretty, she's pretty talented on that. Somebody part. must have added me on Facebook because I have a pretty private social media presence. She must have. <laughs> I actually um, rewrote that song for crypto. It was pretty cool. Did you? Dude, oh, yeah, you did. That was sweet. Yeah, I'll have to show so, it to you. That's hilarious. So any viewers who don't know what's going on, pretty much when I was in, um, I think it was in college, but I was like home on break with my friends. 
and we, my friend had this old cutlass. We called it Big Pink. But what he had done was oh, nice. we we took this thing to the Walmart parking lot, sandpapered it down, and spray painted the entire car hot pink with like sparkling gold trim, just to like because <laughs> it was like a like, you know, like five hundred dollar like dump car. So like screw yeah. it, let's just make it funny. Um, and so there's this video of us. We used to just drive around and just like you know I grew up in a small town. There's nothing to do. So you would just drive around, sing songs, you know, get some food, hang out. It was like, there was nowhere to go. So you just drive around and chill. And there's this video of me 10 years ago with a bunch of friends rapping, um, Love the Way You Lies, what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, by Eminem. So that's out there. If you can dig deep, you might be able to find it. (laughs) I was like, holy shit, maybe we should ask him to do that live. But I'm like, that was 10 years ago. He's oh, probably man. a little rusty. We won't do it. Oh, yeah. yeah you we, know, my, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't like, put you on the spot like that or anything. No, no, we wouldn't. totally understand. Uh, you know, my, my co-founder, <laughs> Dorian, who was on here last time, yep. um, he went to this competition, this like startup competition one time where there was like a cash prize and you got to talk to investors if you won. And the competition was you had to go on stage and like rap about your industry. Um, so oh, Dorian, nice. I mean, he's got balls that I would never... I would never do that, you know. Um, <laughs> but he went right up on stage and rapped about crypto. I wish there was a video. Of that's it. awesome. Oh man, that yeah, somebody should have videoed that shit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Think- we should steal that idea um, and maybe find somewhere to do it that we can make somebody do it, but then not be in a situation that they could turn it around and make us do it too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we'll have to be creative about how we do it, but let's do it. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Totally. Evan, this has been a lot of fun. We really enjoyed having you on the show tonight. We hope you had a good time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was great. I mean, the information we got from Quago was a lot more in depth, I think, than the last time. And I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Hopefully, I get to that sometime in the near future. Um, yeah, so I'll, be I'll hit, poke at I'll you because I'm, I'm excited again. So I'll, I'll poke at you. And okay, keep an eye out. We have a uh, we have some interesting things coming out pretty soon that are going to be pretty exciting. Um, so Sweet. just keep an eye out and you know check up on our blog or something. Um, right on. Yeah, and if any any listeners here listeners here want to find our website, it's just c o y g o dot a p p dot app. Check it out. Perfect. Sweet. Perfect. All right, brother. Thank you so much again, and have yourself a great day. And we hope you have a safe and awesome Fourth of July. Yeah, thanks, guys. You too. Oh, yeah. We'll cross paths soon again. All right. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. Bye. I want to go do some arbitrage trading now. Oh, my God. I know. I, I'm curious about it. You know, yeah. I, I always knew that arbitrage existed because you could see it clear as day. Like looking uh-huh. at you the just price of coin market cap and scroll. <laughs> yeah. Or you look at the price on Coinbase and then you look at the price on Binance and then you look at the price over here and you're like, holy shit, you know, Binance might be 9,200, but over here it's like 9,600, you know, or 9,400 and just yep. crazy the difference. I was always just too slow. Yeah. But having a central platform like that uh kind of do it all in one might help a little bit i haven't been in there to look at it so i need to go check it out and see if it's uh it sounds fun i I need need something to do to take my mind off of all of the other things i've been doing so add one more thing to the mix hell yeah why not i mean (laughs) why not this is this has been a a busy week for you we've gotten some pretty good advancements um there'll be another podcast coming out tonight hopefully nice worst case tomorrow so you know my hands are itching. I, I really want another nice pullback. I really do. Cause I'm going to load up some more <laughs> stuff. <man. laughs>
So my kid got this new sound system upstairs. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but I'm going to go kick his ass when I'm off the podcast. <laughs> I can't hear it, no. Good. I cannot, Good. but... Uh... <laughs> Good. I can. So yeah, That's hilarious. Yeah, if we get another pullback, my ass is headed right up to the coin flip, baby. Yeah. Coin right flip. up to the coin, coin flip. flip. Tech. Check it out. There's a map on there. And uh, if you look at the map, punch in your location and see if there's a coin flip ATM near you. And then you can go... Uh, buy some crypto or maybe sell some crypto if it happens to be a two-way if there's not a machine in your area just let us know or get a hold of coin flip and maybe we can make there be one damn straight and even if there's not a cash machine around like you said the 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 otc now that they have um, oh yeah right on their website yep it's right on their website and i i'm telling you guys the fees are still less than most places and definitely they have the, the lowest fees in the industry when it comes to the atms there's no that's hands down and you're so. supporting good people too. I mean, they're amazing. Right on. And Love of course, you know, they sponsor us, you know, and they sponsor us for a reason because we align, you know, the values. And so we're not just, you know, blindly following the money. It's one of those things where you align with a project, you align with an entity and it just works. So, yeah, I mean, like we always talk about integrity. So yes. it's just, it's nice when you run into a project that actually stands Has by it. that so yep. right right yep. exactly so guys until next time we hope you enjoyed the show you have yourselves a great evening have yourselves a great fourth of july take it easy